0: Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Baby shark. Ready? I don't have a rundown, so I had nothing. Okay, thank you. Well, it wasn't on my side, Please, people. Diva. Let's go. Wind Down with Jana Kramer and iHeartRadio Podcast.
4: One year and she's just diva over here.
0: Happy one year. Congratulations. Um, I can't believe it's been a year of doing this show.
3: I know, it actually seems like it went really fast.
0: If, seems it seems like does. it went by really fast, but then also I'm like, "Are we still doing it? Like, you guys still want us?"
3: Uh, yes, <laughs> please. We sure, sure do. <laughs> That's where I'm like, my, I'm like, love me. If love you open me. an Us magazine, you'll see why <laughs> we sure, sure do. Because <laughs> poor Jana and Michael. I mean, get
0: no matter what they say now. <laughs> well, I'm honestly afraid to sometimes say things now because I'm like, well. No, don't I don't be, want this to get picked thank up. Thank you,
3: E, and thank you, people, <laughs> and thank you, Us Magazine, for now listening. The last one when they talked about Olivia Colbert. I couldn't,
4: oh, handle, I, I couldn't handle that.
3: I died. I was like, oh my gosh, Michael, now you're making the headlines.
0: Because I was like, I was like I who gives
4: it. a what I have to say about that? Apparently, like why? Apparently like why?
0: us and E do care.
4: <laughs> no one cares. No, no one does. else cares.
0: I'm well all for it. I mean, uh, people liked it. But way. no, I just it's been a yeah, year, we want and it you. just Trust. thank you, Keep Amy. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Easton, for uh, for for dealing with us for a year. It's
5: been our pleasure.
0: And thanks for Mike for for jumping on board with us.
5: I think that's
4: why it definitely doesn't feel like a year. Why? Because you know, I came on what September.
3: Yeah, I so it's so. like
4: you know we've been doing it since September, but you were doing it for several months before. And that. I've
3: known you for so much longer, so yeah. it feels like I'm all mixed up in my time. Right. But I love it. This is our one year, and I just want to say thank
0: you to everyone that listens to the show because we could not keep going if we didn't have the downloads. So that's
3: right, and the emails. They and like the emails, make yeah. me cry and laugh, and because I get them first, and then I send them to you guys. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like these people are the coolest. Yeah, and they're so and, open and willing to share, and it just. Even if you don't get a response, we read them all, and it means so much. I try to respond to everybody.
0: Yeah, our wind down listeners are the best. So, do you want to make a thank big you guys?
3: Announcement? What's the big announcement? We have a big announcement. <laughs> <laughs> do you know the? Big, do I need to make the big announcement? It, it, Should Mark do the big announcement? It, it's, and his radio it's video.
4: Everyone's gonna be like, okay. It's
6: like <laughs> right. It's a yeah, very uh, right?
4: exciting,
5: okay. not exciting. Yeah, movie. sure. Michael <laughs>
3: knows what it is.
5: Well, wind down with <laughs> Janet Kramer <laughs> is getting a name change.
0: It is. It's called Vasectomies with. (laughs) 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 It's called Sex Talk with Jana and Mike. (laughs) No, that's it. It's going to be Wind Down with Jana Kramer and Mike
3: Cossett. Wait, so this brings up like a very big debate because I call you Michael and Mike. Like I just sort of switches off depending on kind of like, I don't know what. What do you like? Should be oh god, are we now?
0: Do we need to revert the?
4: I I actually, I actually go by John, my middle name.
7: What? I'm just kidding.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I think it's because you know you are affiliated affiliated with Jana and she always calls me Michael, right? So that's how like you know me is specifically through Jana initially and she calls me Michael. No one else really calls me Michael. Um, I respond to whatever.
3: What should we put on the logo (laughs) because. Because we're changing the name, baby. <laughs> the We're adding you on there. The people that print things.
4: <laughs> now we have a dilemma.
3: <laughs> what do you
0: want to go What do you with? want? I
4: don't know. What do we
3: want? I think Michael, because it's your formal. Oh, no. Oh, Janet's going to say Mike. I was going to say just Mike.
5: I, the Mike... K- Carson, the c- c- is how kind of hard it to is say. It is hard to say. So uh, I think so Michael, it should be Michael. Michael should, should we, should we have to people say. vote? <laughs> I agree. Okay, this is no, the
3: PTSD to the vasectomy because nothing was more uncomfortable than the fact that you'd had the vasectomy. And Jana was like, I'm not sure we should have done it. <laughs> and I'm like,
4: Right. Classic Jana.
3: I was in the room looking at Mark like, this Is this happening right now? Because he had it.
4: That's my wife. <laughs> that is my wife. Everything she second guessed. We're. <laughs> Every trip, every plane ro- trip that we have, we'll be sitting there waiting to get on the plane. Jana's like, should we have done a different flight? Should we, <laughs> should we, should we have left like earlier? Should we have left later? She uh, can't. It, it's it, physically impossible for her not to make a comment about, should we have taken this like flight? Something
3: looked like it went wrong with your flight home from Scotland. I'm not going to lie. Looked, yeah. Something looked bad when I saw Jana on the floor of the airport. But I was on the floor? I thought you were just sitting on the floor waiting. Oh, yeah,
0: I was. We were waiting. And then the entire time I was like, we shouldn't have taken this flight. And I'm looking at other right. flights. He's like, you physically cannot get, like, you stay on the same flight.
4: She was no, like, no. should we just flown out straight out of L.A.? Because we didn't because we went to Seattle and then went over. We tried
0: to save some money.
4: It was it and was significantly was, cheaper to but, do. Oh, but then Jana was, was like, like should, "So it's just I don't know, it's a pain. It's hard. But
0: I, I have a hard time sticking so to my travel plans. Michael right. or Mike? <laughs> Well, what yeah, do you want Michael. it to be, babe?
4: I think Mark brought up. Br- br- <laughs> I Michael. thought Mark br- brought up a great <laughs> point. Michael just flows better. And actually, when I talk to people on the phone and they ask me my name, I say Michael Cawson because I've said Mike Cawson too much. People call me Mark. People call me mm-hmm. Matt. Mm-hmm. It's just because that k- k- mm-hmm. back to back. Mm-hmm.
0: People call you Matt from Mike.
4: Don't ask me. Ask those people. <laughs> it's their fault.
0: It's like the lady that yesterday in the airport called me Juna. I go, where in your right brain does Jana, Jana- wanted to this
4: is the lady that takes our ticket before we walk down the tarmac. Jana <laughs> wanted to stop, turn around and go ask her. I'm like, just keep walking.
0: I'm like, but like, where did matter. she get the U? Like it says Jana. So like A uh, is a oh, Juna. I didn't get that one. I'll get I'll get Jana well, I'm fine with all the other Juna ones. But Juna and Mac. Congratulations. <laughs> That's it. All right, so it's one now year. officially wind down with Jana Kramer and Michael. Kossin.
3: Yeah. That'd really suck if we lost, like, a lot of listeners. So now if you two <laughs> can oh just get into a big fight and yeah. maybe Jana cries, uh-huh. we're off to a good start. We we're off go. to a great yeah. start. No, I just feel like we, you know,
0: Mike's been on since September, obviously, because, um, you know, Miss Jen is so busy with Ryan and everything else. And, you know, with Michael and I, what we have and what we're doing and wanting to do and helping people. And I'm like, it shouldn't just be my name on there. so. I do love my That's husband, Jenna's and, nice and way I want. That's saying.
4: Him. Mike put on his diva hat <laughs> and started saying, "I want my name on there
3: too." I actually well, you know did that, too, that but it's not, not true. <laughs> he did not do that. Yeah. I don't think he. I, I just, I,
0: I just care about him, and I want him. You know, to he, he deserves to have his name up there too. Oh well, thank you guys. So,
3: yay! Well, we're very grateful to you guys for being so open with no filter, and None. please continue.
4: Okay. You're welcome.
3: We'll try. Although I do get really scared, though
4: we don't have to try. We just have to try not to.
3: Well,
0: honestly, that's the, the funny thing is when you were talking about Olivia, in my brain I was like, okay, I know that one of the writers from E listens to the show because he's so sweet, and I was just like, I have to be careful because if I say I don't like her, that's going to be the te- like the headline. You just said it, but I don't not like her though. I'm not saying I. <laughs> mm. I'm just I have to be careful with that. Right. Politically correct. I
4: never said I don't like her.
0: I mean, you basically called her a social climber, but that's fine. Eh, that whatever. was your opinion. <laughs> so anyways, it's let's get to what, you know, like Michael says, he wants to talk about the important stuff. That was what you said. You're like, I don't want to just talk about this celebrity. You wanted to, and this is, you know, again, since this is the start of our show together, right? you really wanted to talk to this guy today. And so Amy, our per- amazing producer, made it happen. Do you want to kind of give a backstory before we get them on the phone?
4: Yeah. And to Jana's point, it's, it's you know, we want to talk about everything, but we realize what the listeners want to hear and what they want us to talk about. And so the guests that we're going to have on the show today, very uh, important for me um, specifically, just because the names are Jason and Shelly Martinkus. Jason is an author. He wrote this book titled Worthy of a Trust.
0: Didn't Shelly write it with them?
4: She did, uh, like Shelly's thoughts, like throughout the book. Uh-huh. She like kind of put her thoughts, her true sense, her feelings, and you know, wrote them down within the chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was probably one of the first books in recent memory that I've read, like cover to cover, multiple times. And this book was given to me when I was in rehab for sex addiction and really kind of shaped my whole mindset around recovery, around forgiveness, around trust, around everything like this. This book impacted me the most out of any book that I read when I was in treatment, out of any workbook, out of any big book, out of anything, this was the book that I always referred back to. So personally, I'm very, very excited and feel very privileged to be able to talk to this guy and his wife and express that to them and ask them some questions.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too just from like the the wife's standpoint with all of us too and cuz there's been so many people that email us and ask us how we do it and it's nice to see someone that's, you know we've been doing it for what four years now. Yeah. Well, 3 years in recovery, but you know, 16 years they've been they've been married. So I'm I'm just super excited to kind of pick their brain because there's I know a lot of people that have questions as well on how to get through things.
4: Yeah, and some of the things that he talks about in this book that we'll ask them are are you know, are topics that, whether addiction or not, any relationship that deals with any kind of infidelity can definitely benefit from.
0: For sure. So are they on the phone right now?
5: They are. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk to them.
0: Okay, sounds good. All right, guys, it's the last week to get your tickets. This week, the podcast tour, Wind Down, is going on the road. We're going to be in um, Alexandria, Virginia, May 16th. On the 17th, we're going to be in New York. And on the 18th, we're going to be in Boston. So go to janacramer.com to get your tickets. It's going to be an awesome show. We're going to be talking, winding down, and I'm going to sing a lot of new songs. Hope to see you guys there. Maybe you've considered a sleep number bed but thought you couldn't afford one. But can you really afford another restless night's sleep? Well, there's never been a better time to save on proven quality sleep. Now, during the Memorial Day sale, a Queen 360 smart bed starts at only $9.99. Look, so many couples disagree on mattress firmness. (laughs) And honestly, I laugh because uh, Michael and I argued about the firmness of our bed all the time. I like softer. He likes harder. Wait, (laughs) let's just... (laughs) let's just keep it about the bed. But seriously though, we like different firmness. Okay. So with a sleep number 360 bed, we can choose the firmness that is ideal for both of us. The sleep number 360 smart beds are so smart. They actually sense your every move and automatically adjust to you, keeping you sleeping comfortably throughout the night. Sleep number has been ranked the highest in customer satisfaction with mattresses by JD power for 2018 award information. Visit jdpower.com. Um, And I like to give practical gifts to my family. So I just ordered one for my mom for Mother's Day because my mom likes a soft mattress, but my dad likes a more firm mattress. Now they can both get what they want. And the good news is, is they're divorced. So that works out perfect too. Come in during the Memorial Day sale and save $1,000 on a new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed for a temperature, bouncing and comfort at an exceptional value. You'll only find Sleep Number at any of the 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the one nearest to you at sleepnumber.com slash Janna. It's time for spring cleaning. Quip's got an easy way to start. With your brushing habits, just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new brush is the same as our original version. It's just tweaked for size down mouse. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products like the adults use in their life. And they're proud to use Quip. So help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. You know, for Jolie, it's great because she sees me brushing my teeth and we kind of make it like a bedtime routine, which is awesome. And there's that built in two minute timer too, which is dentist recommended. And another thing is that you're actually supposed to change the toothbrush heads every three months. But the great news is is they're automatically delivered on that dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5. So it's just a friendly reminder to be like, hey, got to check that oral health and it's time to change the toothbrush. So Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professions. So Quip just starts at $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash right now, you can actually get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Janna, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Janna. Okay, so before we get them on the phone though, um, anything from Scotland we want to talk about?
4: How unbelievably amazing it was,
0: that was the best trip ever. I will say this. I feel like I'd put this on my Instagram, but we we live our lives for our kids, and I sometimes think that we forget to kind of nourish our relationship, mm-hmm. and that was such a connecting trip
4: without trying
0: without yeah without, without forcing it without
4: forcing it without yeah. being like we have to do this, and we have to do that, and yeah, like we just we didn't even end up having sex,
0: we didn't. You tried.
4: I, yeah, you're, you're you. You
0: tried. He came in the room at like, because the time change was like really throwing me off too. I was super tired, but you came in around like ten thirty. <laughs> no, yeah, around like 11. and you were trying. I was like, back off, boy.
4: <laughs> yeah, you're. pretty <laughs> Ain't happening. It was a pretty stern. But it
0: didn't like. We didn't need to. It Wasn't even no, about that. And that's, we that... went for the most. Oh, by the way, Mark, we went for a walk in the woods, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the forest, and Michael fell in a waterfall.
4: Oh <laughs> it was all for the picture and I not s- falling. No. No, no like no, no, he no.
0: wanted to go down in the middle of the waterfall. So, like
4: step on this rock for Jan to take a picture from this bridge. People get seriously injured doing this stuff for I these know. selfies. I so know. Yeah, careful. And
0: and all of a sudden he slips on moss.
4: Which I knew. I was like, okay, this is wet moss, it's gonna be slippery. And I still slipped and fell. Luckily I caught him. And myself.
0: so he gets like halfway, I'm screaming like, Michael, Michael, no. And I mean, I thought for sure he was going all the way down, but it was the most, it was the most beautiful walk back to the castle. It was just, it it was like out of Jurassic Park, how beautiful and green and just, I mean, it was was, Lord of the
4: Rings meets Jurassic Park meets like a fairy tale.
0: It was incredible.
4: It It was was, was, honestly the best.
0: And I, I want to go back there for our 10 years because you can rent out the castle. It's called the Dunskay estate and you can rent out the castle and there's activities it's a castle
4: it's an estate
0: you don't think it's a castle
4: <laughs> no it's an estate
0: oh i think it's a castle they say it's a castle
4: no i say a state
0: <laughs> i want to show okay. mark a picture it's a castle
5: <laughs> i'm not sure what
0: what's the difference
5: that
4: it looks like I, a just castle. based off of what ann and alistair called it i mean they never claimed it to be a castle it's an estate it's a family estate
0: i mean it looks like a castle
4: it's gorgeous it's a, yeah
0: you don't think it looks like a castle no really no,
5: this is the, what is it called?
0: Look it up, Dunsky Estate. Oh, it looks like a castle. D-U-N-S-K-E-Y. What's key? S-K. Are you still in Scotland, babe? S-K-E-Y.
5: Struggle City. Okay, I think, I think, I think.
0: You agree with?
5: Here's what it says. Dunsky Estate is an Edwardian castle. Woo! With self-catering accommodations, holiday cottages, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Dunsky Estate, private castle.
0: Yeah, it looks like a castle. It is a castle. Yeah, That's pretty it? awesome. It, it was literally the most amazing. I will never forget that wedding. Because-
5: I, I relate to this just because whenever my wife and I get away, mm-hmm. it's instantly like it's twenty years ago, and we don't have kids yet. Like that—that that early part of your relationship comes right back.
0: Yeah, and we were just like laughing and fun having and fun and
5: joking around and
0: having good conversations. Like nothing was forced.
5: Yeah. Was- How long were you there?
0: Four three th- th- days.
4: Thursday really. I mean, we were there Thursday, but that was just. That
0: was, we were delirious the entire time. Michael's just, like driving two hours from the Glasgow airport, and he's like, I'm. Yeah.
4: Uh, struggle City. Yeah. Dying. It was it was brutal. So Friday. So and really, Saturday. Friday Saturday was like too full, awake.
5: And no sex the whole time, huh? No. no. We just. <laughs>
4: Jana went to bed earlier than really everybody every night. I and did. I just. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I didn't want to go to bed. I just wanted to. Like one night she went to bed, and everyone else was doing like a whiskey tasting. I sat in this, it's like their bar room. It, in the castle it, it kind of see yeah, it 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 kind of felt like a uh like an old-timey like country club locker room type of feel. just you know big beautiful chairs and couches and a big you know wood burning fireplace with a bar behind you and just i just sat there mm. i just sat there by myself it was
0: so relaxing
4: just drinking a coffee and having a drink and looking out the over like out the window over the estate it was it was unbelievable
0: i did have one panic attack the first night we were there We hadn't slept in 36 hours Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and I woke up at uh, 11 o'clock and everyone was still up. And so then I started freaking out like, oh my gosh, the closest hospital is like two hours away. And oh my gosh, what if I like pass out and this and that. And then I was finally like, I looked out the window and I just, I got a cold compress, which always helps me with my anxiety. And then I just laid in bed, did some deep breathing and I was like, I'm in a beautiful place. I'm okay. And then I went to bed and I was fine the rest of the trip. Thanks for not waking me up you're welcome
5: (laughs) I appreciate
0: that um should we get them on the line we
4: have them
5: both let me get them in right now
0: Jason Shelley Uh I'm here yay hi Hi, how are you (laughs) great how are you we're good we are so excited to have you on wind down we really appreciate it um Mike has been um chatting with the producer for a while to get you on the show so we're super excited that you both are on and we just we're we feel very fortunate
4: uh, thank you for having us. No, of course. And again, thank you for making the time. And and we gave before we got you guys on. I kind of gave the listeners a little backstory of, um, you know, the book "Worthy Worthy of Her Trust" and the the impact for me with that book. And I just wanted to share that with you guys too because I admitted myself into rehab for sex addiction back in 2016.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah, 20, yeah, yeah. 2016, okay. um, summer yeah. Of, of 2016, and. Uh, y'all's book was with all the literature and all the stuff that I read when I was in treatment. Y'all's book was the book that really shifted and was able to change my life, change my mindset, and change just how I thought about things. Um, you know, it was one of the, I, it was the first book, and I don't even know how long that I read cover to cover multiple times. And a, a buddy of mine that, or a guy that I became close with in in treatment that I still talk to to this day, him and I, when we got out of treatment, we always referred back to y'all's book. Aww. And remember what Aww. they said here. Remember what they said there. And it was <laughs> it, it. really was. It, I just want to thank you guys for writing that, for being willing to open up like that, because it just, for me, if it's just one person, y'all's book changed my life for the better, which ultimately changed Jan and I's life because I was able to think and act a different way because of it.
8: Wow! Oh, man, thank you,
4: thank you guys.
0: That's um, really cool. Um, <laughs> so I guess I want to start with Shelly. Shelly, so you um, you confronted Jason, right, about infidelity? Yes. So was I did. It, was it just something where you just you kind of knew, like you, you knew in your heart of hearts? Because a lot of people ask me, they're like, "How did you know? How did you know?" And for me, it was just I just had that gut feeling. There was a lot of things that were you know, he was acting different on and there was just something where I, in my gut, I just knew something was going on. And I don't know, was that the, kind of the same experience for you or did you, did you find things or?
6: Yeah. You know, I, I actually, I really thought Jason only had eyes for me. So in my gut, I knew something was off. Um, even the day we got married, as I was walking down the aisle, I, I knew deep down something wasn't right, but I never, ever thought it would be betrayal. So, um, but a couple of things had happened. And at one point, Jason had confessed to an inappropriate relationship at work. And then and again, a couple of other things happened, which led me to confronting Jason. And um, and so so, yeah, it was. I really never thought this would be my story. I thought it would be, you know, the gal down the street or mm-hmm. whoever, but not my
0: story. No, I hear you on that. And Jason, yeah. did you, did you you know, how long was that recovery process for you? I mean, I know with Michael, it's, you know, obviously we've had our slips and stuff and it's been difficult, but it, was it something where you, you were like, okay, I, I need to, I have kids and I have a family and I'm going to, you know, go through with this and, and, and be straight this way?
8: Um, you know, it was a little different for me in that uh, we were early in our marriage. We were only a few years into our marriage. We had no kids. Oh, wow. Um, we had no, I mean, Shelly Shelley made three times as much money as I did. We didn't have a whole lot of assets to our name. Like, it would have been really easy to just cut ties and go separate ways. Um, and I think it would have been really easy for Shelly to do that. For me, the. the the beginning was really wonky, in that sometimes I was trying to change and doing the work for me, and sometimes it was just to save our marriage. And you know, my motivation kind of it kind of it kind of uh, what would you call that? Like shifted back and forth between those. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure.
2: Um,
8: and and I don't think that's wrong or bad. Today, some days it was for good motivation. Sometimes it's for better motivation. But ultimately, it it landed at I have to change because i've got to be a different man mm-hmm. and if that results in Shelley seeing something worth staying with me then then that's kind of like the the mega bonus at that point but i ultimately realized i had to change
4: absolutely and you know i was actually rereading um some of the earlier uh, chapters in the book this morning just to kind of refresh my memory and just reading the part of, of you know Shelley you discovering and jason your feelings after that it just reading that it just brought up my own experience all over again and it's amazing just the insanity and the pain that goes along with all of that and and i'm sure with you guys even being as far along as you are in this you know you can still respect the pain from a sense of you know knowing where you guys are now compared to then Mm -hmm. you know i mean how impactful how impactful it still is and there's one thing one of the many things that I love about y'all's book is the whole debunking the myths, the eight myths that you debunk kind of early in the, in the part one of the book is something that, you know, for our listeners, you know, obviously not everyone out there is a sex addict that you know, any relationship that deals with infidelity doesn't mean that there's addiction attached to it. And what I love right. about those myths is that it's not really specified toward addiction. Obviously, you know, you suffer from addiction, I suffer from addiction, so we relate, but, people that don't, aren't even in, in, in an addictive program can relate to those two. And one of them for me that I remember telling to so many therapists and to Jana, in the, which is the second one, just for an example that you talk about is, you know, for you is not not acting out again is all it takes to build trust. And that it, It's almost laughable to me when I say that out loud, because that's how I viewed relationships. That's how I viewed initially building back trust with Jana. I always told yeah. myself, it's like, if I didn't act out, if I didn't do the things that I did, what would I ever fight about with Jana or what would I ever fight about with any spouse or partner or, or girlfriend if I didn't if I didn't get caught and do those things? And then, yep. with you know, Jana and I trying to, to reconcile and everything, I was saying the same thing to myself in the back of my mind. I even used this to you, honey, didn't I, as, mm-hmm. as an excuse. It's like, okay, you're complaining about this, but I'm not acting out. Totally.
8: Yeah, and, you know, to your point, all those myths that I write about in there are, those were all the justifications and rationalizations that I use. Right.
0: What other myths? Right. So, just for our, what other myths that our listeners um, are there that you write about?
8: Uh, things like you know, time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get through this when she decides to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, those are just a couple. Where those are just the things I was telling myself because I was in in such a, a shameful place and in such a defensive posture early on. You know, I would say snarky things like that that really at large our culture believes and like that that's like you know, those are common sayings in the context of marital relationships that are experiencing difficulty. And I hung on those and tried to use those as leverage to get Shelley to do things differently and treat me nicer and that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. And in, in retrospect, what I, what I realized now, you know, 15 and a half years later is I was just trying to make me feel better. And I was really disregarding her pain and her process of grieving.
4: There's no Does question. That make sense? Absolutely. hundred
0: oh, percent. I mean, Mike did the same thing. It was honestly for us. I mean, he would be, there would be zero empathy and defensive because in his brain, he was just like, well, I'm not acting out. So, but I'm like, and at the end of it, I remember we went to a therapist and I said, me divorcing you now isn't going to be because of the affairs. It's going to be because of how you're treating me now with the no empathy and the defensiveness and just that,
6: totally.
0: that, you know, the anger that it's, you, you're not like feeling my pain. You're not there with me. And it's like, you're not, you're not sitting there with me and empathizing with me. You're just saying, well, I'm not cheating. So, and I, that was, that was, I'm like this, I, this is why I'm going to divorce you, Michael. Like, don't you see that it's not yeah. because it's not because of the affairs, it's because of how you're acting right now.
4: Which was, oh, yeah. which is almost harder to accept because then it's, it feels even more personal because there's not a tangible thing that I'm maybe a, a tangible event that happened. You know, it's just a, it's just a series of actions or reactions over time. That's cre- causing her to feel that way, which is almost more right. personal. And Shelly, I have a question for you. You know, one of the myths is, you know, he wouldn't do this if he really loved me just for you know listeners and whether male or female that are dealing with that, like, what's your advice to them? Like, what was your mindset? Like, to come into that place of realizing okay, oh, he he does still love me. Just because he did these things doesn't mean he didn't he didn't love me.
6: Yeah. I mean that was that was really <laughs> was A huge part of my process was because I really thought, and Jana, I don't know how this how this worked out for you. It's and let me just kind of segue for a second, Jana. You are beautiful. I mean, you are so gorgeous. And so there's a part of me, like whenever you know we were invited to be on your show, I'm like, oh my gosh, like. If this could happen to you, this could happen to anyone. Because for me, I, I felt like I wasn't enough for Jason. And I felt like if I had been, I mean, I kind of went through the list. You know, like I'm not enough. If I were smarter, had bigger boobs, smaller boobs, bigger butt, smaller butt, whatever, you know. But ultimately where I landed is if I had been sexier, this would not be my story. And this is my fault because I'm not sexy enough. Fast forward when Jason and I went to the first therapist when we, you know, after I confronted him and we shared, hey, here's where we're at, here's what's going on. He turned and looked at me and said, okay, Shelly, why don't you share now what what did you do to to cause Jason to make these choices? And Ooh. so that was just fuel to the fire of me feeling like this is my fault. Oh, and wow. and if and and I know what you asked, Mike was more about like, you know, clearly he doesn't love me or he wouldn't have done this. Mm-hmm. And so again, this This was a huge part of my journey, recognizing that these choices Jason made, while they did affect me and caused a ton of pain, they actually were not about me. These were about holes in his heart and and coping mechanisms and, and ways that he was trying to deal with the pain in his heart in an illegitimate way. And, and it started well before he even met me. Yeah. It started in his childhood where he started to use sex and sexuality to medicate. But again, it really took me a long time to, to get to a place of groundedness and, oh, th- yes, this has hurt me, but this is not about my inadequacies.
0: I think that's the hardest thing though for women. Cause I mean, I, I felt the same thing, you know, the first time I was just like, it's because I didn't have big enough boobs or because I didn't dress sexy enough or because I didn't wear the the sexy lingerie to bed. And so it was just, I think that's where every woman goes is because we don't, we immediately go, well, they were, you know, we weren't sexy enough or we didn't have that sex appeal, Um, which is unfortunate that we go there, but it's about, going on the other side of it, you know, where we're at now, knowing that it has nothing to do with how we look or, or anything like that.
8: Mm. And that, that too, uh, can I say something else about that? Please. You know, I perpetuated that too, because some of the story. So basically when everything hit the fan for us and, and Shelly confronted me, that was really the second time that she had done that. She had done it nine months prior. Right and i had lied and made excuses and then turned it on her and i had told her mm-hmm. hey if you would have more sex and have different sex and especially if you would initiate sex then we'll be okay
4: mm-hmm. yep
8: so she kind of bought all of that lie and then and then over the, that 9 month period she you know she changed her wardrobe changed her mm-hmm. the way she talked the way she dressed the way she did things where we went on vacation i mean that's so she true. went through and jumping through all the hoops, trying to make herself different to, to fix me. Yep. And so I, I think for Shelly, and Shelly, you can speak to this. I think when we hit the fan for real and we started into recovery, Shelly ultimately moved to a place where she was like, I've already tried to change me. And so that it almost like gave her a handhold to say, I've already tried to change me and it didn't work. So now you've got to change you. And that was really important for us. Mm-hmm.
4: I think, uh, you know, that's just you saying that, Jason, is a testament to how impactful. Just l- listening you talk the way you talk, it, it sounds like the book, you know. And for me, what it, what was great about, like, how you how you deliver things and you talk about things is you have, like, this this innate way to, like, softly call out the mail. You know, like, kind of call call us out. But in a, almost in a, like an inviting or respectful way, where it's not a shameful way, and so it, you like you're just saying, you know, I because I did the same thing to Jana. I tried to, to to put it on her like, well, why don't you wear this or why don't you wear that?
0: I'll never forget that. That was the worst thing ever. Yep. We were sitting uh, in a restaurant, yeah. and I was like, why don't why won't you sleep with me? And he's just like, well, why don't you why don't you come to the bedroom with something on rather than just a big old t shirt? And I just remember sitting in the restaurant and bawling, and I left the restaurant. Because I was just like, oh. I thought that that was like, sorry, even triggers me. But I'm like, I thought that was, you know, sexy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But,
4: know, I'm, I'm really sorry that, you know, that's one of those things that I've apologized tenfold to Jana. And I see the pain in it right now. And I feel the pain because the unfortunate thing is, and I'm, Jason, I know you can relate to this, is the stuff that we said or the stuff that I said to Jana, none of that was even true. When really totally. the, the thing that I love the most, and now it, it it what's unfortunate is I incur like I my favorite thing that she wears is a big t shirt to bed. That's uh-huh. literally my genuinely uh-huh. and completely true. Like that's my favorite thing she wears. But unfortunately, especially early on, because of the, the damage that I did in that moment and traumatized her from that, like it's hard for her it's hard for her to accept my act my, my truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, and so yeah. we just put ourselves in the situation. I put myself in the situation where now I have to like fight against my old self and what I said and my habits and behaviors and convince her, like, no, this is actually genuine. This is actually true. Yeah. One
6: of the most healing things has been when I am triggered or when something comes up and I remember the pain from the past to be able to, vulnerably share that with Jason, Jana, just like you did with the three of us and, and all your listeners. You know? <laughs> and it so brave of you. And then for Jason to sit with me in that and to, I mean, whatever it might be, whether it's to hold me or to just sit next to me and to experience that pain with me is one of the biggest gifts that he has been able to give me on the other side of all of this. And, and so I just appreciate like, Jana, when you got teary and, and I could hear the pain, I was like, okay, Mike, come on. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, because I really think that, that we are 15 years in and um, these things still come up and it is, so important that I am still heard in that, and it actually brings us closer together whenever we experience something like that.
0: So, I mean, I know you said you've been 15 years, so I mean, is that something where it's, you know, Jason, are you you always consistently empathetic? Because I guess that's my fear, where I'm afraid, because, you know, we're three years into discovery. I'm afraid, okay, let's say our t- in 10 years, I have a trigger that comes up and he's like, God, we're still dealing with this 10 years later. And I, I that's yeah. like, that's my fear that that's something mm-hmm. that's going to come up because it's, it's not going to, I wish it, I wish it, you know, we can forget it about it, but I know that's, that's, that's so naive thinking. I know we're going to, con- I know I'll have triggers and, you know, as long as I um, communicate it in a healthy way, but I'm afraid that he might get edgy about the fact that he still has to you know deal with it
8: yeah well so that you know one thing that's important to note so we're we're 15 and a half years in but Shirley and I are on the slow track all right we're <laughs> we're like i mean I, i'm sure for y'all and probably a lot of other people like the, the process is going to be a whole lot faster than for us we just we're just on slow track so mm-hmm. um you know I, i've cycled there have been times when i'm Shelly says, Hey, I'm triggered and, and I just kind of put my hand in my forehead and I'm like, Really? Still. Right. But but today, by and large, and, and Shelly, you can you can score my report card on this. By and large, you know, I've internalized that and embraced that. That that's part of our process. And it's it's important for me, for my heart, for my soul to love her well when she's triggered, whether It was justified or not, whether it's rational or not, like for me to enter into her pain with her when she feels that from here on out, is just me being a good husband, regardless of whether I'm in the doghouse, so to speak, or we're paying for past sins. Like, it's just good for me to be a good husband that way by entering into her pain with her.
4: Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, the way I've tried to, you know, interpret that as well is, that's an opportunity, you know, instead of early on, it, it felt, you know, which I understand why Jana would still have that fear because of even early in recovery, I would still have the audacity to say, because I was still stuck in the whole, I'm not acting out. So you should trust me. So I was still stuck in that mindset where, you know, if I'm not physically acting out, you know, why, you know, why are we, why are we dealing with this? And, you know, let's move on. But now, I try to, and again, like you said, Jason, I think Jana can attest to the report card for majority of the time. I mean, we're able to treat it as an opportunity uh-huh. to, to show up, and not just for me, but also for Jana to an opportunity for her to try to express it or articulate it in a healthy way, which doesn't always happen, which is understandable. And that's my yeah. that's my job to allow her the latitude to however she needs to express it or or you know let it out. You know, give her the, the grace to be able to do that.
8: Right. And you think about, um, you know, wives that go through betrayal are, are grieving, right? You're on, you're on the other side of betrayal, and what you're doing is grieving. And, and if you think about this in any other context, let's say somebody lost a loved one in a tragic accident. Like, would we put a statute of limitations on their grieving? No. You, no, we wouldn't say, hey, in, in 11 years, you can't talk about the loss of your son anymore or the loss of your mother anymore. Like, we would never say that.
4: That's a great point.
8: But, yeah, we, we want to do that to our wives in this process. Like, hey, there's a point where you can't talk about it anymore. But if we see it as, you know what, they're still grieving. And grieving is making sense of your story. And she's going to be making sense of her story for the rest of our lives. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Shelley, why'd you stay?
6: Hmm. That's a great question, Jason. <laughs> <Gina. laughs> I, I I resisted staying. It took me like eighteen months, maybe. Jason might have a different account of it, but no, at right. least eight, okay, at least eighteen months before I was able to say, okay, I I am staying. And the reason I stayed was Jason made it really, really hard for me to step away from the marriage he literally turned he changed from the inside out and i got to this place where i was like well dang i don't want some other gal <laughs> <Yeah. benefiting> from <laughs> you know all of this like right. i liked who he was on the other side of this and i it's like i mean i knew who he could be and who god created him to be and and then he, and not that it was, I mean, we are on the slow track and not that it has been perfect by any means, but he truly, he made it difficult for me to step away because I, I fell in love with the man that he changed into. Yeah. So that's my I stayed. Aww.
4: I will say to say something I'm sure Janice thinking is, you know, I've, I've even since discovery. Uh, almost four years ago, I've still given Jana plenty of reasons to leave. Oh yeah. Whether it, you know, still omission or any kind of lying or relapse or slips or still more justification and rationalization, I've definitely give her given her, you know, plenty of ammunition to leave. And the fact that she's still been strong enough to see enough of a of a change at times to you know still you know, want to keep trying and staying is, I mean, is you're
0: uh, holding on by the skinny, skin, skin.
4: (laughs) I was, I was for sure for a long time. I was, it really wasn't since the last year that I've, I've really gotten sober. You know, I was just, was it a few weeks ago, about a month ago that it was my, you know, one year sobriety. And it's really been the last year that Jana and I have done the most amount of work. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's
0: when you you tapped into your empathy though. I think that's where it was able to switch
4: where I was able to, like you talk about a lot of
0: recovery too, where it's not just middle circle, you know, it's like you were really like,
4: right. I wasn't living in the middle circle. I wasn't, you know, white knuckling things. I was doing the work and, you know, Jason, you talk a lot about shame in the book and which again, whether addiction or not, people can attest to. And so I think I was finally able to let, alleviate, you know, let go of a little bit more of my shame and, and, and tap into more of that empathy.
0: Um who was whose decision was it to, you know, do the book? You guys have the redemptive which I wanna, you know, tell the listeners listeners to go to, but was it was it something that were you scared about coming out with all of it or, or you just kind of wanted to, you know, help people? I mean what was what was your kind of thought process with all of that?
8: You wanna to speak to that? Or you want me to speak to that, Shelley?
6: Well, I'll, we both can. I'll, I'll just say for me, early on, Jason was like, I want to help other men. I want to help them experience the freedom that I have. And I was like, good luck, honey. Have fun. I'll I'll be over <laughs> here. You have a great time. I was uh, like, I, I, don't I don't want anything. I don't want anything of that. What?
8: No, no, no. It sounded more like this. I will not be the poster child for being betrayed. All right. That's
6: yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
4: Understandably so. Mm-hmm.
6: Right. Yeah. So that, initially I didn't want any part in it, and I was happy in my career and, and doing all sorts of other things, but there was just that, that still small voice that kept um, wooing me toward helping women. And so it, it's been about a decade ago that I started helping women by facilitating support groups and, So I don't know. I mean, Jason, I'll let you speak toward your desire to write the book. But for me, it was just – I'll say it was just hard for me to step into this space of helping others and putting our story out there. That's not what I wanted.
8: Yeah, and I had been telling our story um more and more often, more and more frequently and you know, working as uh working as a coach and counselor helping people in their journey, I always led with my story. Um so the book really came about as like this this question just comes up every time. When somebody calls our office and says we need help, one of the questions that always comes up is how will she ever trust me again or how mm-hmm. can I ever trust him again? Right. And so what, what I found, this is, this is my personal experience, is when I asked that question of people myself, it was always nebulous. Like, well, work hard, and one day she might, and it'll right. be a miracle. And there, were no, there were no, there's no meat on the bone. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
8: And so I just kind of started looking at what the heck have we been doing? What tangible, tactical things have we been doing? What, what wrong ways of thinking have I been operating in that haven't helped and which ones have been right thinking that have helped. And so that was kind of what spawned writing the book. Like, let's give people tactical stuff to actually work on rebuilding trust.
4: Which, again, me personally, I will forever be grateful for that because it changed my life. And, you know, it's what... you
0: tell the listeners the book again?
4: Yeah. The title of the book is Worthy of a Trust. And if you deal with any kind of infidelity, definitely go get it. And some along with that, it's, you know, Shelley, I commend you a lot, too, for a jumping on board with it and being willing and two adding your, you know, your Shelley's thoughts, you know, throughout the book, because again, for me, even when I was reading it in treatment, which this whole world of addiction and all of my shame and all my pain and where it comes from, it just, I'm just discovering all of this, but being able to hear your thoughts and read your thoughts along with this, again, help me kind of decipher it and, and, and put myself, allow me to feel a little bit more empathy and put myself into Jana's shoes. Of What she might feeling, so i I again I can speak for myself. I personally appreciate you being willing to step into that world and and you know give your two cents and help Jason with the book because i don't think it would have been the same without you uh, honestly you know, totally. and I can totally relate with how you felt about you know, not wanting to be the poster child for betrayal or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wrote just... a book um, while I was starting to write a proposal, and Mike um, basically ripped up the entire thing. <laughs> we got into a huge fight. I mean, it was, it was it was bad.
4: Yeah, Jana was was writing a book, started to write a book, and, you know, wanted to tell, like, part of it our because story. Because I wanted
0: to help. I'm like, there's a reason why this happened, and, you know, it's already out there in a, in a way that he had an affair publicly. So I'm like, let's help people with this. And that was my whole... Because I'm like, this happened. People know about it. So let's show people how you can rebuild trust, how you can make this work. Where's the silver lining? And he looked at it as just like, I don't want anyone to know.
4: I looked at it as shameful, as just pointing the finger, as put. you know, I just felt a blanket of shame. That's all that I felt. I was like, I don't want people to talk about this. I don't want to put you know, gas on the fire. I don't, you know, I don't want any of that. I want it to just sweep it on the rug and let it go away.
0: And I was like pleading, like, please, like I need someone to help relate to me because I feel so alone and I know I'm not alone and I need, I, I want this for other women. And it was right. just like this battle. It was
4: this battle until I was able to, it was honestly when we started doing the podcast mm-hmm. that huh. we started getting emails. Jana started showing me like direct messages she would get on her social media. And I, I slowly started to kind of get this, validation that, wait, we actually can help people. Like maybe what we're doing is a good thing. Maybe Jana knew what she was talking about and I can just get out of my shame and address it. And so it wasn't, it was just a few episodes ago that, you know, it was speculated for a long time that I was in sex addiction. I went to rehab and all of that, but it never came from Jana Jana or I. So just about a month ago, we decided on the show to address it and control the narrative and own it. And it was because on the show we were so open about our life. We're so open about what we've been through in our relationship. That was like the one last skeleton we had in the closet that we hadn't talked about. But obviously it's a major part of our story. So it felt, you know, inauthentic to not talk about. And it was just another way to reach that much more people, that many more people that may be suffering from the, the addictive aspect. Mm -hmm. So we totally relate to that. And I totally relate to that. Um, Yeah.
0: But seriously, Thank you guys. Just thank you for, um, for, for being a, a light for us too, because that's, this is, you know, we want to help people and, you know, you guys are showing the way. Uh,
8: thank, thank you. So it's, uh, I, it is definitely, I was going to say, it's definitely a privilege, like to hear you guys say that, like, it's a huge privilege to know. And it's also, as you guys are experiencing, it's also a huge motivator. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, to hear like that our story has impacted y'all then just makes me want to keep doing the work to get better and grow and make our marriage stronger. And it's like everybody wins when we get honest and authentic about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no question.
3: True.
6: I'm sitting here, you know, as we're talking, I'm, I'm looking at this quote I have. I just put it on my desk earlier this morning, and it, it says, We suffer to get well, we surrender to win, we die to live, we give it away to keep it. It's from Richard Rohr. And just as you guys are talking, I'm like, I feel like this quote is, you know, it's, it's kind of speaking to what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, and just the importance of giving away um, sometimes when we when we share our pain when we share our insecurities um, gosh just the blessing for others and and that's how we're able to Jason what you were just saying like it makes you want to do a better job it makes you want to be a better husband a better father etc so i think yeah. Cool how that giving back. Um, Mike, I have a question for you though because you've mentioned a couple of times. So I sorry. I, no, please. Can I interview you? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: we're
4: all for it. We love the dialogue.
6: Okay. Um, so I'm curious because you said. And Jana, you mentioned just a bit ago, the empathy piece really being the turning point for you guys in your healing process. And with the women I work with, that seems to be such the missing element. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women, like the the affair is actually not what's going to um, cause the divorce. It's Mm -hmm. the lying. It's the defensiveness, Mm -hmm. like you guys were saying. So, Mike, I'm just curious. What helped you go from that defensive posture to this posture of it sounds like humility and empathy? What like what made it click for you? I mean,
0: yeah, because that took a while. I mean, it's yeah. still not perfect. It's, but it's, I, I still have
4: my moments because I've always been a, a defensive, kind of short tempered human being. And so it's still an active thing for me to do. And a lot of my natural reactions are maybe defensive, you know, like just this morning, yeah, (laughs) just just this morning, just because I was, Jana had been up and was ready to start the day. I was just waking up. We just traveled from a different country last night. And so Jana was asking me about something. I just got defensive about it. And it was kind of, you know, and then a a few minutes later, once we were away from each other, I texted because I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why was I, I didn't have to be that way. You know, so it's still something I struggle with, but for me I I mean we Jana and I got to a place where she truly gave me like an ultimatum where time had passed since the actual infidelity. And so basically she confirmed the myth that this is a myth, the whole I'm not acting out, why don't you trust me? She confirmed that. She's like, I'm gonna leave you if you do not stop being defensive, you do if you don't show me empathy, you know so on and so forth. But I'll still yep. stuck in that mindset of, but I'm not acting out. or I'm not, right. you know, whatever it is. So it, it just, she, we got into a bad enough place where she told that to me. And I realized like, this doesn't have really anything to do with me acting out. This has to do with everything else too.
0: Mm-hmm. But why does it have, like, I'm just trying to think like for the guy, like how, why is it so hard for, for the men to be? Cause I mean, I same thing with you, Shelly, like I get DMS all the time. Like, the husband's like wants me to get over it and you know, they don't feel the pain. It's, I don't know why you guys can't sit, the, sit there with, is it because of the shame?
4: I think it, yes, a hundred percent. And Jason can speak on this too. I think for me, it's definitely shame. And I think it's a biological thing too, where we just naturally aren't as nurturing or empathetic as women. So for us, the pride and the ego that kind of Neanderthal, mindset we just allow that to get in the way because of what society teaches us because maybe how we're raised
0: i like the car accident one that you said that you the, we had a therapist our, our therapist here in la make you watch something and i think that helps sometimes too for you for empathy yeah what was that it was like basically i got into a car accident and i need you to help me you need to carry me basically
8: yeah Because right. you
0: just you just took off my two legs
8: yeah exactly i, I think the other aspect of it is um you know kind of conceptually uh our our emotional maturity as men our emotional maturity kind of stops where our addiction starts mm-hmm. so for a lot of us you know we were 11 12 years old whenever we were starting into this sexual stuff right and it's at the point where that was really ramping up that our emo- emotional maturity got stunted so like for a lot of us guys, and this is not an excuse, it's, it's an explanation, not an excuse. It's like we, we didn't develop, you know, sure. mature and develop into what it means to be an empathic, tender person because of the stuff that's been going on in our lives for usually a couple decades. Yep. So part of our recovery is not only stop acting out and doing all that stuff, but part of our, our recovery is that emotional maturity and development and empathy is a part of that.
4: That's a, a great yeah. point, and because it, just again for me personally, it's every time I had feelings or whatever, I didn't know how to handle them, so I acted out sexually. Right. So yeah. instead of confronting them and dealing with that that feeling or pain, and, and you know, it just went elsewhere, just like anyone with any kind of an, an addiction. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
8: um, well, I want to say one other thing about uh, something you mentioned there, Jenna. Um, they that so much I hear this a lot of people in the culture saying. Well, it, it, this is really about a weak woman. Have you? Has anybody said that to you? No. Like You're a weak woman for staying.
0: Oh, weak. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's some been some mean people that have said things, but yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely heard that before. But in my, I think I'm w- super strong for staying. I think the easiest thing could have been to leave.
8: You totally agree. Yeah. Totally. I think agree. it takes a I, really I strong woman to stay. It takes more strength and more courage to work through the pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it Any time you see a good man in this recovery process, chances are there's a really good woman next to him.
4: 100, uh, percent. absolutely.
0: Uh, I I really want all of us to get together. So can we make this happen? Because I love you guys.
6: <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: you guys! What? Would you guys live in the Denver yeah, area? Yeah, we're in Denver. All right. Well, anytime you guys are in LA or Nashville, and if we're in Denver, you just let's just stay in contact. And because we think okay. you guys are great, and we just cannot thank you enough for this conversation and i just thank you for everything
8: we can talk to
4: you guys all day so we appreciate your time right. and, and where else can our listeners like you know tell them real quick about redemptiveliving.com and, and so on
8: yep redemptiveliving.com that's our website for our ministry where um we do work helping men marriages and wives uh that are going through betrayal and that's all we do that's all we specialize in um shelley runs group support groups for wives going through it you can check out her website rlforwomen.com uh, and we've got resources out there. There's books, uh, video curriculum courses as well as obviously one-on-one help. Um, so if there's a way that we can we can help people through the process, that's what we're here to do.
0: I love it. Jason Shelley, thank you guys so much for coming on Wind Down.
4: Thank you guys so much. Thank
0: you guys. Thank, thank
4: you. An honor. Have a great one.
8: You too. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Bye guys.
4: Before we, Before we go on? Before we go on, take a break for a second. There's one thing I want to read to and this is, this stuck with me. I remember I reread this Are we taking morning. a
0: break first or are you going to read it
4: now? No, we're going to take a break in one second. Okay. I just want to read this for food for thought for the men or women out there that are the perpetrators, the one in my shoes. Okay. And this is the end of their forward and, and worthy of a trust. Said it took a better part of five years to feel like we were stabilized. It took seven years for Shelley to say she actually respected me. It took eight years for her to say that if we had to go through it all over again, she would still choose me took nine years for her to say that my sexual addiction was one of the best things that ever happened to her. And today, as I write, this is a little little over 10 years since everything hit the fan and they're in an amazing place. So that's just, you know, that I always would reread that. And as much as I acted against that in all of this kind of recovery process is it's a good reminder that this isn't a quick fix. It takes time, takes investment, but let's take a break.
0: Okay, well, now that I am not pregnant anymore, I have got the dreaded period, but things are made easy with Lola. So Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. And the great thing is that Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. There's no BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, Lola comes in a simple Okay, very simple, easy, customizable subscription. So Lola will deliver exactly what you need when you need it, which is great. They'll give you four ways to tailor your Lola subscription to perfectly fit your needs. The product type, the absorbency, the quantity, and frequency. Which is great for me because, you know, sometimes I don't need all the supers or all the regulars, so I can customize it to exactly what I want, how long my flow is, because it's different than other people. So that's what I love about it. And for every purchase, Lula donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the US. So they're a great company. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter Jana when you subscribe. That's mylola.com. And when you subscribe, just enter Jana.
7: So, do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven
2: questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock, it's going to catch you down the road. Go through it, deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe.
8: Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-Rock icon, Liz Fair.
6: That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end.
2: And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
1: Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Can you honestly say that the furniture that you own brings you any joy? Or are you missing a couch or chair that really says, this is my space? Joybird empowers you to create the furniture and space that brings you joy. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture crafted to your unique taste. Joybird offers a range of kid and pet friendly upholstery options so that your creations can stand the test of time. That's exactly the direction that Jana and I went for our new house in Nashville. Between two dogs and two young kids, we knew we needed something that could withstand that. There's free personal design consultants to help you nail down your perfect design. It's all quality handcrafted furniture. And also, they have a 365 day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home to you. You can sit on it, sleep on it, break it in. If you don't love your Joybird furniture, return it for a full refund. It's all hassle-free in-home delivery. They'll even remove all the packing materials. Free returns within 2 weeks of delivery. So see how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Find your joy today at joybird.com/jana. Create the furniture that brings you joy. Today at joybird.com/jana. Go to joybird.com slash Jana and receive an exclusive offer for twenty five percent off your first order by using the promo code JANA.
0: Um
4: how was that for you?
0: I mean it's it's hard talking about I know. Yeah, it's, I see it in you. it's like it's tough, but it they're so sweet and I just I just I love that there's other people out there too that are showing people that there is if there's a will, there's a way. I just I I'm just the empathy piece is very interesting that she, you know, cuz so many women I, it's just there's so many times I just want to like shake you and be like just sit here with me and like cry and say you're sorry and you know. Yeah. It's an interesting piece, but um yeah, that was a they were really sweet. I'd love to I'd love to get to know them more.
4: Yeah, that was that was really really cool. I think for both of us and
0: It's got to be like full circle for you.
4: It, it's super full circle. And kind of surreal that i was able to talk to again. I, you know me; I'm not a huge reader. I'm trying to become <laughs> more of a reader. Yeah, you know. And so for this to be the the first book, and I again, like I've said numerous times now, I don't know the last time I read a book cover to cover, and I read it twice when I was in treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, it did change my life.
0: That's well, gotta feel pretty good, then, just that you just talked to the author. Yeah.
5: All right. Um,
0: do we want to read some emails, emails Mark?
5: we got some good ones. Uh, I am in a similar situation to you and Mike. Six months before my wedding, I discovered that my now husband has a gambling problem. He said he was just young and dumb and wasn't doing it anymore. Well, it's almost two years into our marriage and seven months pregnant, I stumbled across a credit card statement and saw the amount of money he had charged to it, more than we could afford. He blamed it on gambling, but this time it felt different. The names he sent Amazon gift cards to seemed odd and were women's names. Over the next two months, I found about four more credit cards that were accumulating debt that was beyond what we could fix. He decided to go to a few Gambler's Anonymous meetings and began seeing a therapist, but I knew he was hiding something. So I went into his email and discovered he was having girls send him individualized videos. He said he felt like he never got to experience that life because we've been together since we were 15. And he felt that this was a better option than cheating because it wasn't physical. I can't believe he spent thousands of dollars on these women. It's been a little over a month now, and we're both doing counseling. I don't know how to move forward with our relationship. Mike, I want to better understand the mind of an addict. Why did he get so invested in this lifestyle when I was here for him all along? She is anonymous.
8: <sighs>
5: I mean, addictive
4: behavior for sure. There's, his excuses are just rationalization, justification. They are excuses. The whole I didn't experience... This or that. I mean, you guys have been together that long. He made a choice. So there's nothing to blame. You're not to blame for this. It was him just choosing. He made the choices. And, you know, whatever's going on with him, I mean, again, like kind of Jan and I have been talking about like for men or for myself or whoever to be able to tap into empathy or to be able to go and talk to somebody about internal feelings. Easier said than done for. For a male, I mean, I'm sure there's females that have that problem too. But he just found an outlet for whatever he's dealing with. Not healthy.
0: No, and you didn't do anything wrong, like Mike said. Um, Nothing wrong. Yeah, don't be like don't and don't put blame on what he said. Well, we've been together since we were 15. Like don't don't put blame. Don't blame yourself for that. That's not No,
5: you did nothing there. wrong. Right, and the line, why did he do this when I was here for him all along? I feel like she is starting to put some of yeah. it on herself there. Right, she can't right, do that. Right, and I'm not even going to sit here and say, well,
4: how did he know that you were there for him? Like, you should. did you tell him? I'm not even going to say that because that's not a, a it. If you've been together for 15 years, like... I don't know how long they've been together. I mean, I mean, they, I since, mean they they 15. since they are Since they 15, yeah. I'm sorry. If you've been together since they were 15, I mean, they know they're there for each other. So...
0: I love that you guys are in counseling. And I don't like the fact that, I will say I don't like the fact that he says it's not cheating because that is still cheating. Oh, yeah. Even though you didn't physically, he wasn't physical with those women. That's still outside that's of your out, that's marriage. That's stepping
4: outside the marriage.
0: So I don't let him.
4: Manipulate that. Yeah,
0: because that's not. Go to counseling. Well, yeah, they're in, so that's he, good. Yeah,
4: right. He should see a CSAT, certified sex addiction therapist. Yeah. And. He needs to, not only couples counseling like you guys are doing, but he needs to go to individual counseling and, and figure out and dig to see where these feelings are coming from.
5: It's yeah. great that he's going to Gamblers Anonymous, but I feel like there's more yeah, to he needs dig to into to here. Yeah. Yeah. That,
0: there's a personal...
5: You know, it's interesting because
4: I've known plenty of guys that are in the 12-step program I'm in that come from AA or NA or whatever, and they realize, come to realize that the sex aspect is the root mm. of maybe what drove them to mm-hmm. something and else, and
0: love too. Like for Slaw, it's, yeah, it's so, the root is always love. There, you know, the most most roots are always about love and the lack thereof, in your family of origin. So,
4: so yeah, so it's you know. Great that he went to Gambler's Anonymous, but that's just him believing his own lies. That it's that just it was, gambling. It was gambling. Yeah.
5: yeah he needs it's to, deeper than he that. He needs to admit that he has a real problem here. There's It's deeper than that. Until he admits that, I think we got a rough road ahead. Right. Yeah. Which he needs. That's why he needs to go to a CSAT. And that's, by the way, I feel like that's an excuse a lot of uh, cheaters use. Um, we've been together our whole lives. I Being never got to experience other women. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's no different than any other. And infidelity. I'll say this. And I remember
4: now you rereading that part, what I want to say when we got this email last week, it didn't have time. That whole, I didn't get to experience. Tell you, relay this message to your husband. That experience is not worth any of it. That experience sucks. It's empty. It's miserable. It's lonely. And it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Now, It's hard for people to hear that from somebody else. Be like, yeah, well, because you experience, you say that. And I still, they think they want to experience it. It,
5: Effing sucks. Well, it's not worth it. You've got a baby on the way here. You've got a family here that you're going to destroy. And it's not worth that. That life isn't going to make
4: you happier than your wife, than your kids, or anything like that.
0: Again, that's where it's, there's something so much deeper than just going to a gambling. Right. It, It falls deeper than that.
5: All right, this is from Brittany. My fiancé and I were actually at your live podcast here in L.A.
6: Oh, awesome. bro?
5: I wanted to ask a question during the show, but my fiancé gets embarrassed, so I refrained. After we left, he opened up and said, we have a lot of issues. We just got engaged and have started to plan the wedding, but we are stuck in a very difficult spot. My fiancé is religious, and I am not. I want to get married outdoors, but it's important to him and his family to get married in the Catholic Church. Neither one of us is budging. I've suggested we go see a therapist, not only for our other issues, but for this particular subject. He says we can't afford to see a therapist. What do we do?
0: Um, first of all, thanks for coming to our live podcast. Brett, um, Brett. Not affording to be able to go to a therapist, I think, is something where you need to budget because there are therapists that do take insurance. Mm-hmm. So I think, and also... Okay, maybe we just budget out the month where you can afford it because it's important. And being saying that I understand it can be expensive. I do. I do have empathy for that. But at the same time, it's your marriage and you need to talk to somebody and sit down because it's, you know, it's important. (laughs) It's your marriage. Just because, you know, saying that we couldn't afford it. Your wedding's gonna be expensive. So maybe cut down on one thing so you can go see a therapist. Mm, Right. Instead of having a cake do cupcakes. I don't know. And then to cut down on costs so that way you can see a therapist because you won't have the successful marriage if you don't if you have if you have all these issues and the only reason you're not going is because you don't have the money. That's not that's not a reason, in my personal opinion.
4: Yeah, I mean again, we're empathetic to the fact that it is expensive. We totally understand that. And but again, like Jana said, break down your expenses for that for how they are monthly. Be like, all right, we can not eat out this many times because we want to use that money to see a therapist, whatever it is. Um, it's tough that issue.
0: I feel like we kind of ran into this a little bit because so? your your family's more religious,
4: right? But I didn't care about getting married in church,
0: right? But I know your family cared about it.
4: I mean,
5: well, I have some keen insight into this, actually, okay. because the, our, my biggest issue with my wife, our biggest issue as we were dating was that she's religious and I am not. Mm-hmm. And so the compromise we came up with, and by the way, there's going to have to be give on both sides of this right. like for Brittany and her fiance. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of either of you budging. You're both going to have to come together. So we kind of came together with, and it was actually very similar because I wanted an outdoor wedding uh-huh. and she wanted a church wedding. So we had her pastor from our church come to Wisconsin mm-hmm. and do an outdoor wedding. So it was the religious, the ceremony she wanted yeah. in the setting that I wanted. And that was the compromise that we came up with. And I, I know there were people on her side that would have preferred us be in a church, but this was what we. This is how we came together on this. But
0: don't they, the Catholic priest technically can't marry outdoor?
5: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. So it's,
0: it's uh, I might be saying this wrong, but I'm pretty sure when we were looking into this is the Catholic priest, technically can't marry outside they can but it's not really under the catholic laws and rules got it
4: well that is uh, that's a different situation which is interesting and that's to that point though the fact that it's a catholic church he's very religious catholicism you know that they have their rules Mm -hmm. i grew up roman catholic so i get it um so that that is tough i don't know
0: i mean if you can budge like mark said if, because she wants to get married outdoors, but it's important for him and his family. At the same time, though, I know you want to get married outside, but if it's really important to him, maybe. You can do we can... an
4: outdoor reception?
0: Yeah, like an outdoor reception. Just get kind of meet in the middle.
5: That's interesting.
0: You know?
4: Because it, that is, unfortunately, it is tough because, I, and just look at it this way. A church, depending on the venue, can still be very beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. So,
0: maybe, maybe it would rain the day that you were going to be outside. Right.
4: You know, maybe, so maybe
3: <laughs>
0: and it, just, so, cause just it just
4: says get married in the Catholic church, not necessarily their church. So yeah. find a beautiful Catholic cathedral near you or something like that. Find something that's gorgeous that will do weddings and do it there. But there's
0: going to have to
5: be compromise yeah, moving like, forward in all things. Well,
0: right. that's the thing. I'm like, there. maybe this is something a little bit bigger than inside, outside. Yes. It seems like when you say yes. other issues, issues in quotations, that, that seems to not be about the church. Let's just say that. You're
5: going to be raising kids. You don't want to be fighting about that. Yeah. Every Sunday morning, you don't want to battle. So and let me tell you, save out. up
0: the money for therapy. Because when you do get married, you got to go to therapy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Taylor. And this one's uh, <laughs> all right, last one. My boyfriend and I have been together for two and a half years. We live together, and he bought a car six months ago that we share. Last week, I got rear-ended. It was not my fault. The other person had insurance. However, when I told my boyfriend, his first question was, were you on the phone? And his second question was, is the car okay? (laughs) He didn't even ask me if I was okay. (laughs) He was extremely mad at me and hung up on me. Oh, it was a pretty traumatic experience that shook me up, and it's just a car. It's a generic sedan. It's nothing fancy. When I told my boyfriend how mad I, he, I was, his response was, I've worked my ass off for that car, my blood, sweat, and tears to earn that car. I feel like we're not going to see eye to eye on this. Am I in the wrong?
0: I mean, You're not in the wrong for asking that he should have asked if you were okay. I mean, you got yeah. into a car accident. I can understand a man's passion for his car. I mean, like if I leave a gun, a gum wrapper in Mike's car, like he loses his (laughs) mind. If I leave water bottles, I mean like he's men, men in their cars, it's like their prized possession, but, and we should be their prized possessions, but you know, you just, that's a tough one because again, I know how much you love your car, but at the same time, I feel like you would still ask if I was okay. If I, if I hurt your truck.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Clearly Mike doesn't believe this Taylor.
4: No, I no, I wouldn't. The first thing I'd ask is are you okay?
0: And then also how bad's my car?
4: Yes. It would it would be it would be difficult to have an appropriate length paused in between those two questions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus.
4: But I'm just I'm just I'm just being honest. I'm just you know, I, I would. I would genuinely care because it's and that's the thing. He should realize a car is just a car. You can replace that. I understand work hard for it. Worked your ass off to pay for it, get that. But, but it's replaceable. Your girlfriend is not. Or
0: well, maybe in not. his mind it is. <laughs> she, you are Taylor.
4: No, that's t- he should have. Uh, I mean, that's he should have said
0: if you're okay. That's not very nice. And you know what? You should go to him and from a very empathetic place and be like, "Hey, I am really sorry about your car, but I want you to know it hurt my feelings that you didn't even ask." If I was okay, so it, just come and, to him and talk to him from a good place. Yeah,
4: and validate. I understand that you work
0: really hard for his car, hard and I'm so car, sorry. Right. I honestly, it's not like she meant to freaking nothing wrong. It's not like she meant to freaking do it.
5: I, I, I'm concerned, honestly, with these two. I see this as a big red flag. Now, I'm not a car guy. I drive a Prius. It gets me where I need to go. <laughs> right. But in this situation, you were in an accident, and he made it all about himself. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you think about your relationship in the grander scheme, if he does this a lot. If things happen in your life and he just makes it all about him. You're going out with your friends. Well, what am I going to do when you're out with your friends? He makes it all about him. I'm concerned. So if you see that, because I see that's kind of a narcissism trait. So (laughs) I say, careful here. Tread lightly. It's two and a half years in. Just keep your eyes open.
0: There you go, Taylor.
4: Uh, And I will say, she said she was rear-ended. Yeah. So that's even her fault. Right. So that, I can understand if she ran into the back of somebody. Yeah. I would, that's when I'll definitely be like, are you okay? Okay, you're fine. Were you on your phone? Like, what were you doing? <laughs> right. Because that would piss me off. Right. She's rear-ended. Right. She was, so, yeah. I, Taylor, you have every right to be pissed off at him for being pissed off at you. In case you guys didn't know, Dunkin' Donuts now has breakfast sandwiches. They're freshly made with delicious ingredients. You got choices like sausage, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg, and cheese, turkey sausage, ham, egg, and cheese, veggie, egg white, or the egg and cheese breakfast sandwich. Dunkin' just launched its new Dunkin' Bowls as well at participating restaurants nationwide. Guests can choose from the egg white bowl, made with egg white, spinach, roasted potatoes, cheddar cheese, and caramelized onions, or the sausage scramble bowl, made with scrambled eggs, sausage, melted cheddar jack cheese, peppers, and onions. Duncan also recently introduced three new signature lattes, blueberry crisp, caramel craze, and coca mocha. Stop by your nearest Duncan to try one today. Duncan has over 50 locations in the greater LA area. Odds are, there's a great one near you
0: um that was a good show.
4: How are you feeling?
0: I'm so tired.
4: Is that what it is?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty tired. okay yeah
4: because I know like you know some of the stuff talking to to Jason and Shelly you know brings up stuff yeah, but I, just, I felt some
0: well no, it's hard I don't honestly I think I'm I'm so tired I could like ball my eyes out right now because I think there's a lot of emotions, but I think uh, the majority of that is I'm just tired. So mm. when I'm tired, maybe I get eat more triggered easily
4: because I can tell you've held back some emotion.
0: It's because I, yeah, it's because I think I'm just like overtired and I don't want to like cry fast right now and wind down. So Cause <laughs> I'm good because I'm, I'm, everything's good. We're good. It's just, you know, I think when I'm tired, maybe more things come up for me, I'm but really I sorry am thanks. Babe.
4: If th- more things come up for you thank you, sweetheart. and I'm here for you if you want to talk later.
0: Yeah, I'll probably cry later. Okay, cool. cool. (laughs) cool. (laughs) We're going to
4: have a good cry later.
0: (laughs) One out later. You guys want to join us.
2: (laughs) Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now.